Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Hello. All right. Um, uh, we added it on purpose, just making a grand entrance for you. <laughs> no, my battery died just as I was about to walk up the stage. Hey, good morning, everybody. If we haven't met, my name is Daniel. I'm part of the team here at The Rocks. And let me take a quick breath. Before we start, I just want to encourage you, if you are a parent, would you make time this afternoon, if you're not doing anything urgent, uh, between 2 to 4 uh, on Intentional, Intentional Parenting Summit? Uh, I would, if I were you, I would take advantage of this. Uh, because as a parent, I know, I know, I need help, especially in this day and age. I need help, as many of you uh, do as well, uh, on how we can be in an intentional parent to our children. I, I was blessed because last Sunday, my son, my 16-year-old son, Jaden, decided to get baptized, uh, make the faith of his parents his own. And that's such a blessing to me as a parent, and I want to tell you, along the way, uh, we've tried our very best to be as intentional as we can, to introduce God into His life, to be intentional in building Him up as a, as a man of God. But let me tell you, we made a lot of mistakes along the way, and thank God we got help along the way. We have mentors, we have people uh, who are, who've been there before. Um, when I say mentor, not just mentor here in person, but also the books that we read, the, 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 the uh, what is that, conferences that we listen to, they all help us to be intentional parents because let me tell you, we all need help, don't we? So if that's you, again, go out to lunch first, uh, go across the street to Carousel and come back between two to four. I guarantee you, you're not going to regret it, right? Cool. Um, we are on the last week and final week of our series on the Holy Spirit. And I, I just want to get you caught up real quick for those of you who are new to this series. Maybe you don't know what's going on. Maybe you're not even a follower of Jesus. You're not a Christian and you're wondering, what is the Holy Spirit and who is He? So for the final time, I want us to read from the promise of Jesus that He gave to His disciples prior to His crucifixion because He knew his disciples were going to be worried. They're going to be anxious, and Jesus would eventually leave them to go back to his heavenly Father. And Jesus promised them this. And this promise from Jesus is also his promise to every single one of us as well. And this is what Jesus said. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you a helper. In the Greek, is parakletos. We understand from the English language parallel, that para means uh, alongside. So parakletos is someone who walks alongside us. So this is what Jesus promised us, a parakletos, a helper, someone to walk alongside us in this journey of life to help us. That's the purpose, to help us and be with us forever, the spirit of truth. And he says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now, a lot of you, especially if you're not a Christian, you, you're wondering, like, what is this? And you don't understand. Some of you Christians, you don't even understand about the Holy Spirit, and you forget about the Holy Spirit. You don't want to think about it because you don't see Him, and, and you don't feel Him. But then again, you know, a lot of things in life, you don't see, you don't understand, 
but you know it's power. You know it's there, right? For example, you don't know how your mobile phones work, right? You don't even know how the television works. And yet, we benefit from this amazing technology. The Sorry Spirit is kind of like that, right? Uh, we don't understand Him. And a lot of people, they reject Him because they don't understand Him. But I don't think that's a good reason to reject Him just because you don't understand Him. Okay, uh, like I said about technology, you don't reject technology just because you don't understand it. That's why the solution is not to reject the Holy Spirit, but to try to understand more and more about this Holy Spirit. And that's why we do this series. And then Jesus continues, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So the Holy Spirit is given to you, the very presence of God. That's amazing, isn't it? The church is an amazing gift from God, like Tim has said. You know, the Bible is an amazing gift of God. But even more amazing than the church or the Bible is His very presence in your life every single day of your life to help you journey in this life. Kind of like a GPS. Many years ago, before the invention of the mobile phones or the smartphones, we had this clanky old technology called the GPS. Uh, for, the, for the longest time, I refused to use the GPS. Number one, I'm a cheap Asian. You don't want to buy things that you don't think you need. But number two, I thought like, who needs a GPS? I know Perth. Perth is very small. I know every road in Perth. But then, when I found out what the GPS can do, I was hooked. Apparently, this GPS thing could give you a turn-by-turn instruction where you need to go to reach your destination. Isn't that amazing? And what's even more amazing about GPS is when you make the wrong turn, unlike your wife, it doesn't get mad at you. It doesn't. It doesn't tell you, I told you so. You didn't listen to me. No, it simply says recalculating. That's because the old GPS had an old chip that took it took time, you know, to recalculate the route. Nowadays, it doesn't do that anymore. But at the time, it simply says recalculating. Translation, don't worry about it. I'm still going to get you there. It's going to take longer, but I'm still going to get you there. Some of you have made some wrong turns in your life, like we all do. And this morning, I believe the Spirit of God wants to tell you that it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm still going to get you there. I'm still going to get you to your destination because I am with you always. It's going to take a little bit longer maybe, but if you listen to me from now on, you will make less wrong turn and I'll still get you to your destination. That's who the Holy Spirit is, all right? He is someone who is sent by God to help us in this journey of life. And last week, Tim talked Tim talk about what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God. To be filled with the Spirit of God, it doesn't mean that you have more and more of the Holy Spirit because you have been given 100% of the Holy Spirit. He's, you know, he's, you don't get 50% of the Holy Spirit or 75%. You have the whole of the Holy Spirit. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have the whole of you? That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. That means you allow the Holy Spirit to fill every aspect of your life, to guide every aspect of your life, your financial world, your relationship world, your leisure world, your social world, your work world. The Holy Spirit has the whole of you. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And how you get filled with the Spirit is that you walk 
by the Spirit. You keep in step with the Spirit. If you missed it, you want to listen to the sermon last week. And today as we conclude, I want to talk about one of the most probably controversial topic on the Holy Spirit. And that is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I know. Some of you come from a church possibly that abuses the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you say, that's it. I want nothing to do with the gifts of the Holy Spirit anymore. I've seen enough abuse in my old church. I don't want to hear about the gifts of the Holy Spirit anymore. Some of you come from the church background where you don't even believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit still exist today. You believe it's a, it's a gift that exists during the time of the apostles, but not anymore today. So regardless of where you stand, all right, some of you are probably going to disagree with me, which is okay. The most important thing is, before we start this, I want to let you know that one of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit is to keep the unity among believers. So we may disagree, but if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, and you do, if you believe in Jesus Christ, one of His work in your life is for you to keep the unity among believers, even though you may disagree with one another. Listen to what Paul says in, first, in Ephesians 4, verses 3 to 6. He says, make how much effort? <laughs> A little bit of effort. <laughs> no, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Why? Because there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. How many times does the word one appear here? Seven times. <laughs> so you know the emphasis of the Holy Spirit is for you to be together. That's the prayer of Jesus before He left, that we are united. You know how many denominations we have in the world today? Take a wild guess. Five, ten, twenty? Google it. Forty thousand denominations. Don't tell me there is unity. A lot of Christians who claim to be mature, they're the ones who cause a lot of church division because they don't understand that this is one of the works of the Holy Spirit. They claim they're filled with the Spirit, and yet, you know, they don't maintain. They don't make every effort. To maintain the unity of the Spirit. So, again, just to get it out there. So, you may disagree with me. That's fine. But if we believe in the same Jesus, we believe that He died on the cross for our sins and give us the gift of eternal life, and we are called to follow Him the rest of our lives. Man, I'm telling you, we have more in common than we have differences. So, please, don't leave us just because you have different, uh, a different opinion uh, on this. The woke, I'm uh, sorry, the cancel culture is real, is real people, unfortunately. Okay, with that out of the way, I want to share with you, uh, with the time that I have left, five truths about the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, I want to read for us this amazing passage from Paul. Because there was so much abuse in the church in Corinth at the time that Paul had to write this. He said this in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. The assumption is a lot of people, unfortunately today is still the same as well, a lot of people are uninformed when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They don't know. There are different kinds of gifts, Paul says, but the same Spirit distributes them. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. That's one gift. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. 
To another, faith by the same Spirit, the gift of faith. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And all this, all these gifts are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as you determine? No, just as He determines because He's the giver of all good gifts. So based on this passage and another, some of the passages that we're going to look at, I want to tell you five important, important truths about the gifts of the Spirit that you absolutely need to know. Number one, there are many different gifts of the Spirit. I don't know if you know, but the list that we just read from 1 Corinthians 12, do you know that Paul lists many different set of gifts in another passage as well? So this is 1 Corinthians 12. He also lists a different set of gifts in Romans chapter 12, in Ephesians chapter 4. And Peter lists a different set of gifts again in 1 Peter 4. Now, we can't look at all these passages, but just to prove it to you so that you know I'm not lying, let's read from Romans 12. Again, this list will sound different to the list that we just read from 1 Corinthians 12. This is what uh, Paul says. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, right? It's the grace of God. Uh, that is the reason why we receive these gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, that's a gift of serving. If it's serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Mercy? I don't realize that mercy is the gift of the Spirit. I don't like the gift of mercy. I like the gift of criticism. That's my gift, to criticize. No. You see, this is a different set of gifts. And I'm telling you, the reason why I'm pointing this out is in some churches, some gifts are elevated above others as if they are more important. For example, the gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, right? As if these are superior gifts given to us. No. The Spirit gave us many gifts, right? Many gifts for a reason. Not one is more important than the other. So I think we need to stop projecting our gifts onto other people, believing that, you know, they need to have this more superior gifts, if you like. So that's number one. The Holy Spirit gives us many, many gifts. So I'm confident there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that are not even mentioned in our New Testament, because the list that we read, they're not exhaustive. They are examples of some of the gifts that the Spirit gives. That's number one. Number two, no one receives all the gifts, and no single gift is given to everyone. Now, I need to break this down a bit. The first part is easy. No one receives all the gifts. How many of you has all the gifts that we have just read from 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12? You have the gift of leading, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation. How many of you have all those gifts? No, right? So no one receives all the gifts. Why? Because God doesn't want you to be a lone ranger. God wants you to work with one another, with people with different gifts to build the body of Christ. That's the reason why no one receives all the gifts. So that's easy to understand. The second part is a bit tricky. No single gift is given to everyone. 
That means there's not one particular gift that everybody receives. Do you all have the gift of prophecy here? No, right? Do you all have the gift of healing? No. Only certain people, only some people ask the Spirit gifts. Let me prove it to you. This is exactly what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, the teachers, then miracle workers, then the gift of healing, helping, guidance. Do you know that helping is the gift of the Spirit as well? For those of you who like to help, that's the Holy Spirit giving you that gift uh, of guidance, different kinds of tongues. And here's the deal. Verse 29. Are all apostles? What's the answer to that? This is a question expecting a no answer. Like my mom, when I climbed up the tree when I was young, do you want to break your leg? The answer is no, mom. I don't want to break my leg. It's the same kind of question. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all give, do all have the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? The answer is no. Do all interpret? No. But we need to eagerly desire these amazing gifts from God, right? So not, there's not one gift that is given to everyone. Again, why is this important? It's important because in some churches, you have heard or you will be told that you need to be able to speak in tongues, for example. Or you need to be able, you need to show a certain gift. I'm telling you, that is not true. That is not biblical because this is the proof. Paul says, no, there's no, there's no one gift that is given to everybody. Just like not everybody receives all the gifts. Do you, you get it? I hope you do. If you don't, rewind this message again and listen slowly. Okay? That's number two. Number three, the gifts of the Spirit are not for your benefit, but for the benefit of others. Listen to what Paul says in, oh, listen to what Peter says. First, in 1 Peter 4.10, each one of you, as a good manager of God's different gifts, must use the gift for what? For the good of others, the spiritual gift he has received from God. Paul says the same thing. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. So the reason why, let me tell you, each one of you is guaranteed at least one gift. Each one of you. Don't tell me that you don't have a gift of the Holy Spirit. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you, this is the promise of Jesus. You have one gift. Maybe you don't even realize that. Maybe it's dormant in your life. Maybe you need to like acknowledge, God, I want this gift. You know, I don't even know I have it. So, but you have been given a gift. And the reason why God gave you that gift or multiple gifts for some of you is to bless the people around you, especially to bless the church, the body of Christ. To put it negatively, it's like this. When you're not exercising your gift, others, including the church, are missing out. When you don't exercise the gift that God has given you, others and the church are missing out. For example, let's look at that list again in, in Romans chapter 12. Some of you have the gift of prophesying. And if you don't open your mouth to prophesy, you know who... You know who's missing out? People that are supposed to hear your prophecy is missing out, right? They're missing out. If it's serving, then serve, Paul says. Guess what? If you have the gift of serving and you don't serve, your community, the church is missing out. Some of you have the gift of teaching and then you don't teach. Again, 
The church is missing out. Some of you have to give up encouragement. But again, you don't open your mouth to encourage. And when you don't open your mouth to encourage, there are people that God brought into your path. Let me tell you this. Listen up very carefully. You don't even realize this. But that, there's nothing that happened in this world by accident. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that, right? There are providential, I call, I call them providential relationship, where people brought people into your life. Maybe for the purpose of you giving encouragement to them. But a lot of Christians, they don't use that gift, their gift of encouragement to encourage others. And other people are missing out as a result. All right? Uh, some of you have the gift of giving. That's why you make a lot of money. I'm not saying that you don't have the gift of giving, that you don't have to give, by the way. Okay? Because if it's commanded elsewhere in the Bible, that means you got to do it. We need to be merciful because Jesus is merciful, right? You can't say, I don't have the gift of mercy, so I can be nasty. No, you can't be nasty just because you don't have the gift of mercy. But there are some people who are especially merciful. Like we are all called to be merciful, but these people, they're especially merciful. We are all called to be generous, but there are certain people who are especially generous. Why? Because they have been given the gift of giving, the gift of generosity. Unfortunately, some of you have that gift, but it's dormant. You make a ton of money, or you are you're actually more generous than you really are, but you don't exercise that gift. And if you don't, let me tell you, the church is missing out. The church could have done more, probably, with your money, with your serving. How about leadership? It's the same thing. I think the church has a crisis of leadership right now. That's why you see a lot of decline in a lot of churches. Not because we lack leaders, because God knows what the church needs. Some of you have the gift of leadership, like Paul mentions in Romans 12. But unfortunately, you don't exercise that gift. Or you exercise that gift for your own gain, for your own advancement. You become a CEO in a company because you have been given that gift, but then you only use it for your own advancement and you don't use it to build up the body of Christ. Guess what's going to happen? The church is missing out. That's why we see crisis of leadership today. I'm telling you, the gift that you have been given is given not primarily for your own benefit, but for the benefit of the people around you, your community, especially the body of Christ. So that's number three, all right? Number four, don't confuse the gifts of the Spirit with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit shows your maturity, but the gifts of the Spirit shows your ministry. Your ministry is important, right? You need to exercise the gift that God has given you, but that's not enough. More important, I would say, than the, receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit is for you to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And you only get that by keeping in step with the Spirit. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 5, 23 uh, The fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. Notice this has got nothing to do with ministry. It's got nothing to do with serving others. It's got a lot to do with your own character, right? That's the fruit of the Spirit. Goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. And those eight qualities show your maturity. Let me tell you, in a lot of churches, including ours, there are people who are so gifted, right? They've been given so many gifts of the Holy Spirit, but unfortunately, they are not mature in exercising those gifts. They don't walk with the Spirit. And as a result, they don't bear much fruit 
of the Spirit. And that's why you see a lot of church divisions. That's why you see a lot of people fighting with one another, not even realizing, for example, that one of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit is to keep the unity among believers. But they claim to be mature because they're confusing the fruit of the Spirit with the gift of the Spirit. Because they have this gift, the gift of prophecy maybe. They have the gift of healing. They think they're better than other Christians. And they, they're not allowing themselves to grow in their character and bear the fruit of the Spirit. So, please, as important as it is for you to receive and exercise the gift of the Spirit, it is also important for you to walk with the Spirit so that you can bear much fruit of the Spirit, which shows your maturity. And then finally, number five, number five, spiritual gifts without love is worthless, okay? Now, this is again, at the end of the day, probably the most important um, of it all is for you to remember the words of Jesus that we are called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, spirit, and strength and to love one another as God has loved us, as much as we love ourselves, as Jesus has shown love to us, right? It is interesting for me that the, uh, the passage on love, 1 Corinthians 13, that we read a lot in weddings. By the way, it's not just a passage for weddings. The passage on love is found in 1 Corinthians 13. The gift of the Spirit is found in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. So sandwich in between Paul talking about the gifts of the Spirit, he talked about the importance of love. And this is what Paul says. This is so powerful. Listen to it as if like this is for you, okay? Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, that means I, give, I have the gift of speaking in tongues, whether it's understandable language or unintelligible language, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, which is a wonderful gift, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, the gift of giving, the gift of generosity, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So folks, listen and listen carefully. It is so important for you to oil your gift of the Spirit with love. Make sure you exercise all the gift that you have received with love. This is the most important thing of all, right? So to conclude our series, this is how it all relates to one another. Let your life be so filled with the Spirit. Again, it doesn't mean that you have more of the Holy Spirit. It means the Holy Spirit has more of you. This is quite interesting uh, in the Greek as well as in English. We call this passive imperative. Passive imperative. It's a command, but it's in a passive form. Look at that. That means you don't fill yourself with the Spirit. You can't do that. But you have to let the Holy Spirit fill you. That means let the Holy Spirit to enter every part of your life. Your parenting life. Your marriage life. Your work life. Your ministry life. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. That's why it's written in the present tense. That means it's not just a one-time thing, but it's an everyday surrender to the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit in every aspect, every part of your life. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. So let your life be filled with the Spirit and in love eagerly use, exercise 
those gifts that you have received from the Spirit. And this is the result. You will bear much fruit of the Spirit in your life. That's how you get the fruit of the Spirit. This is not the fruit that you can produce on your own. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of Daniel. It's not the fruit of Annika. This is the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in your life because your life is filled with the Spirit and you exercise those gifts that you have been given. All right? Now, how many of you have been to the Niagara Falls? Raise your hand. Oh, a few of you have been to Niagara Falls. Um, I've read about it quite a lot. I've seen a lot of pictures. But it wasn't until the year 2001 that I got to see the Niagara Falls in person, uh, me and Hulda. Um, we were invited to speak at a church camp in New York, and we used the opportunity to visit our good friends, uh, Nels and Linda Anderson, who live in Buffalo at the time. And we visited them, and as soon as we visited them, <laughs> we told them, Nels, we got to see the Niagara Falls. By the way, Buffalo, if you don't know, is very near the Niagara Falls. That's where the Niagara Falls is. Nels, we got to see the Niagara Falls. Please take us there. So, no worry. Take it. We're going to be here a long time. We're going to go. So, we, the next day, we went to the Niagara Falls. And what we saw, you know, is totally different from the picture that we have seen, the stories that we've been told. Being there is really not the same as, you know, hearing about it, right? So, we were so amazed. And then Nels, uh, my friend, said this. Hey, if you are impressed with this, wait Wait until we go see it tomorrow from the Canadian side. If you go to the Canadian side, you can come much closer and the experience will be even better. It's amazing. Uh, and said, so, wow, we can't wait to go to and, and it's true. Uh, looking at the Niagara Falls from the Canadian side is much better. The Canadian, they do everything better than the American, let me tell you that. Just kidding. That's for John. John, if you're listening. And then Linda, Nell's wife, said, if you think this is good, man, I really want to encourage you to take this cruise called the Maid of the Mist. The Maid of the Mist is this ship that will take you to the basin of the Niagara Falls. You have to wear a raincoat umbrella because you're going to get soaking wet when you go on the Maid of the Mist. So the following day, we went to the middle of the mist to experience the Niagara Falls in all its fullness. A lot of you, you live your Christian life like people who only see the Niagara Falls from pictures. You only hear stories about the Niagara Falls. And then that impressed you already. Like, wow, it's amazing. Wow. So good. You look at the photos and say, wow, amazing. But others of you, maybe you're not satisfied with that. You want to actually see and experience the Niagara Falls for yourself. So you get misty. You come close to the falls and you get the, the mist and it's amazing. And yet, some of you, you're not even satisfied with that. You want to get to the basin of the falls. You want to get soaking wet and experience the actual power of the falls for yourself. And let me tell you, the desire of God for your life is not just to hear about Him. It's not just to 
experience His amazing power and miracle and guidance and feeling from other people, from stories, from the Bible that you read. But God's desire for every single one of you is to take on the made of the mist of God and actually experience the amazing presence of God for yourself. And to do that, you can do it for yourself. For those of you watching online, you can do it right now from the comfort of your room. You can do it tonight when you pray. Just say, God, I want to surrender my life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to give every aspect of my life to be led by you. And then you can ask God, God, because Paul says, eagerly desire this gift. Tell God, God, I want to receive some of these gifts. Maybe you have this in mind for me already, but God, I want them. I want them. Realizing that God is the one who decides what gift He wants to give you, but there's nothing stopping you from requesting and asking God to receive these gifts, right? That's what Paul says. You can do that on your own, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, God is going to answer because that's what He's been promising you all along. And to help you do that, for some of you, we're going to have prayer leaders standing here. If you want us to help you in that prayer, uh, they will be here. So if I can get the prayer leaders now to come forward and just stand here. Um, in a minute, the band, uh, they're going to sing a song of reflection. And when they start playing, you can start walking forward and be prayed for. Because that's what God wants for you. Don't worry, we're not going to get weird. You're not going to fall down or anything like that. Because I know, like Tim said last week, you have full control. Self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit. You're not going to be possessed, all right? But it's going to be different. You're going to experience God for yourself. And moving forward from this time on, you're going to keep that consistent. And I guarantee you, you're going to experience the power, the miracle of God. You're going to experience His leading, His guidance, His joy, His peace like you never felt before. And that's God's desire for every single one of you. Alright, why don't you stand on your feet right now as Mike and the team start singing. Why don't you start coming forward? You don't have to wait for others. Um, you don't have to be embarrassed. This is between you and God. We're just here to help you. Alright, so at any time, please come, come forward. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.com.